Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm going to be behind your productivity. I'm going to pull back the curtain and share a productivity struggle that I have that I know most of you have as well, and that's smartphone addiction. Now, we're not just talking spending too much time on social media. We're talking about that pocket computer that is with you at all times for the most part that we have gotten into the habit of having on our person or with us or within arm's reach most of the time and how that is stopping not only our productivity from flourishing, but also our personal growth is being stunted. Now, don't get me wrong. I am a tech enthusiast. I love technology, as Kip from Napoleon Dynamite sings. But as I recently tweeted, and you can go retweet because I'll pin it to the show notes of this episode, is this. Technology is neither the cause nor answer for many of our problems, but it definitely plays a role in both. So why do an episode about that? Well, because honestly, I think somebody needs to tackle this a bit, and I decided that I would just work through it and come up with some tips, some tricks, and share that with you because I think though we've delved into the realm of unplugging or taking time off or moving more slowly and more intentionally with our actions and talked about technology and social media and focus on the show Previously, in many episodes, for example, Baratunde Thurston from years ago, talking all about unplugging, or Cal Newport more recently, earlier this year, about focus and deep work, or Amy Blankson about attention and intention while you're using technology. Even Leslie Samuel on productivity versus distraction when using social media. But I wanted to hone in specifically on the smartphone, because that seems to be the tool or drug of choice these days. Why this is coming up now? Well, recently I got a new phone. I had wanted a new phone for a while, yes, partly due to the shiny new tech toy syndrome, but also because I had noticed that over time I was waiting seconds, I know, seconds, right? And even near minutes here and there, just to do simple, quick tasks 
or what I thought should just be a simple quick task on my phone. Back in late 2014, I got the upgrade from, I think at the time I was using the iPhone 5, and I was on that cycle of the regular numbers, not the S, speed boost, speed bump, spec bump upgrade. And so I got the iPhone 6 Plus, and it took me a while to decide to get that one, mostly because of the screen. And honestly, the screen real estate was why I went with that bigger screen, because typing speed for me was hugely important. My, I have fat thumbs. And having that bigger screen made it so that I could thumb type incredibly fast compared to what I used to be able to do. And even going back to my wife's uh, iPhone 6 or even older devices that are even smaller, I don't know how I ever used to get anything done with those really small cramped keyboards. And so again, what I was wanting to do was get an upgrade uh, this time around. Just recently, and all you Android people can can understand, there's a new phone out every few months when it comes to when it comes to the Android devices. But what I'm getting at here is 2014, I got the iPhone 6 Plus. Great upgrade. Loved it. Next year, iPhone 6S Plus. I noticed the speed difference when I played with it a little bit in the Apple Store. Great, but I wasn't ready to upgrade yet because I was still on contract at the time. iPhone 7 comes out. Didn't have a problem with no headphone jack, whatever. But at the time, I had literally about a month or two before that release gotten a brand new iPhone 6 Plus through Apple Care because of some issues my phone was having. So rather than upgrade at that time, I made the smart fiscal decision of saying, well, I have a brand new phone again right now. I don't need to do anything about it. So I decided to wait for this year. And I waited partially because of that fiscal responsibility and partially because I knew that the 10th anniversary of the iPhone was coming and there was this rumored phone that was supposed to be coming out that was going to be super awesome. And long story short, I opted not to get the iPhone X or the iPhone 10, however you want to call it. And, and I got the 8 Plus. I won't go into any of the reasons why, but ultimately the 8 Plus serves my needs and serves them so well and is so much faster than my 6 Plus in many ways because it's obviously generations more powerful. Now, as I was planning to get this phone, I wanted to change my habits with my phone as I was in that upgrade process. I'm really pleased with the speed of my 8 Plus, tapping and swiping and unlocking and getting into quick bits of information and getting out again and quick connectivity issues, all of that bundled together, make it a really quick, portable, personal computer, which is great because that's what smartphones are. And my thought was this, if I have a faster phone, not only is it more fun to use, but more importantly, getting in and getting the information that I need and getting out is a much quicker process. And then I'm less tempted or distracted by holding the phone for longer periods of time. So I'm not Moving from app to app to app to app to app as I'm using the tool. Because come on, we've all done that. We've swiped or pressed to open our phone to go check the weather or check a message. And then we end up tumbling down into all the other apps or possible places to go. And for me, being a productivity person, I knew going in, that getting a more powerful phone was going to end up being a temptation to use that phone much more because of how much more that phone can do. What I wanted to do was picture it like this. It's like getting a luxury airplane that is so much more comfortable, but also so much more fast. It can get you somewhere much quicker, but it's also much more comfortable to use. And what I wanted to do was err on the side of 
get in the plane, get there faster, and then get out, instead of get in the plane, sit down and be comforted and relaxed and enjoy the luxury of it. I wanted to go for the utility of the phone, not the comfortable plushiness of the phone, so to speak. And even with that in mind, it's a struggle because habits die hard. The temptation is there that if the phone is so much faster, it reasons that I can get much more done quickly or get that single task done so much more quickly than I used to that logic dictates that if I got that one thing done very quickly, then why don't I do a whole bunch more right now while I'm also in there since I've already got this tool out to use. So that's what this episode is about. It's about taking steps to kill the smartphone addiction that you have. Because here's the thing. If you have a smartphone, you're most likely using it way more than you need to and justifying it. Unless you're perfect if you rarely use your smartphone. If you're not one of those people who's tapping and swiping, etc., up to 2,000 times a day, as a study I recently read will show you. Good for you. Let me know your secret. I'm betting you've probably done some of the things that I'm about to walk through. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond. So the first thing you need to do is recognize that you have a problem. The second step is to remedy and limit what abilities you give your phone to grab your attention. Part of the issue with our smartphones is the fact that we allow so many notifications. And this has been covered before, but I think it bears repeating. I hate notifications, especially that red badge. 
It drives me nuts when I see somebody else's phone that has a red badge and has like this insanely high number on it. Because I just want to say like, look, you can flip a switch and that will go away. You're not using it to notify you of anything anyway, you know? And there's a key to this because when it comes to notifications, there is a nuance there that is allowed to you from your phones. You have the ability to select different variations when it comes to the notifications, whether that be noise or what style, whether it's a badge red icon like I talked about a second ago, or to have a banner pop up or a full-blown alert with all of the above, or even have them based on time, location, etc. But the thing you've got to keep in mind is that those notifications, much like the red numbered badge inside of Facebook that tells you so-and-so liked your post, so-and-so liked your comment on someone else's post, so-and-so commented on somebody else's post that you also commented on, etc., etc. Those give you dopamine hits. When you're allowing those notifications to pop up, especially when your phone is off, it is grabbing your attention. But not only that, more importantly, it is rewiring your brain because it is giving you a hit of dopamine every time. And like it or not, you're getting enough of those daily that you're addicted. Even if you have a really low threshold for how often in a day you're using your phone. You're still getting hits. So my homework here for you is to go into your phone, turn off as many notifications as you can, and then set your default in your brain as you install new apps moving forward to always say no when an app wants to have permission to send you notifications in the first place. Now, that said, you can't not have any notifications because sometimes you need them. For example, apps that I allow to have notifications for me is primarily for the phone. Yes, I still use my smartphone as a phone. I still send calls. I still receive calls. I still make and take calls on my phone. I know, right? Sometimes talking with someone over voice or even through FaceTime or something like that is more quick and more efficient and gets the communication across better than texting back and forth and dragging the conversation out forever like tiny little drip email. I went through my phone to look to see what notifications I had turned on at all. And honestly, it's the phone, it's my messages, it's Skype, and it's Slack. And then it's also uh, Tile, which is a Bluetooth app that allows me to see uh, where my keys or my wallet are, which is an awesome thing. If you have not heard about that, check out the show notes for this episode. I'll give you a link to that so you can check into that a little bit more. But primarily, they're all communication apps. And even when it comes to those, I have varying degrees of when those apps are then allowed to ping me throughout the day. There's a certain point in the morning where they start to ramp up and then I am available. And then as the day progresses, it starts to go the other direction and slope down towards non-communication at all. So what you need to do, again, is go through and turn as many of them off as you can and make the intentional decision. How available do I want to be? How available do I have to be? And move from there. Next up is the idea to delete as many apps as you possibly can. One, you've probably got too many apps that you don't ever use anyway, so do that. Two, maybe go into your settings and see which apps are sucking down the most battery life from greatest to least, and you'll see which apps you're spending the most time on. Because I guarantee you, you're probably spending more time on certain apps than you realize you are. In the conversation that I had with Leslie Samuel a while back, 
we talked about his decision to delete all social media apps from his phone. Now, he didn't stick with that forever, but he did take a break from it and then put them back as needed. But even then, as like others have done, and even I have done, they are in a folder that is not on my front screen of my phone when I open it up. I have to dig for it. Putting up some barriers, putting up some boundaries and saying it's going to take me a while to get in to do this. Do I really need to do this? Fine. Now, caveat, Leslie and I both work in the world of social media. So to not have the ability to get into certain places or do certain things on our phone can be a bit tricky. So it's one of those things where, honestly, I don't have the easy ability to delete social media apps from my phone, but I do have as many as I can deleted. Trust me. And even then, that's why this is so tricky, because if you do any amount of social media for your business while you're on the go, you want to be able to pull your phone out and take care of it quickly if you have to. So the next thing you need to do in terms of killing your smartphone addiction is to limit the proximity that your phone has with you at all times. As I talked about with Amy Blankson, when we were talking about attention and intention while using technology, even just having your phone near you will lower your cognitive ability to focus. And that's a bad thing. It means your mind is on your phone or the possibilities your phone can give you at all times when it's near you. That's not good. So I want you to give your phone a bed, but not your bed. (laughs) I know many of you reach for your phone first thing while you're still in bed, haven't even gotten out of bed yet. I'm guilty of this. It's like being able to wake up and pick up a hot cup of coffee sitting next to your nightstand every morning. But we've got to stop doing this. I'm in the steps to eliminate doing this myself. Having a place where your phone goes to charge and be away from you so it's not reaching you and building up the poor habit of, again, reaching for the phone over and over and over again all day. It's just a bad habit. So you need to limit the proximity. Another step in this direction is to use airplane mode. And I'm not just talking about doing this to go into a focus mode. I'm talking about using this to become uninterruptible. And I'm not just saying this because Peter Shankman told the story of how he would get on a plane and fly for eight hours around the world, get out and then get back on another one and come back. And all the while he's got no internet and no connectivity, and he's just banging away on a draft of his book. And that's great for productivity's sake. But I'm talking about slowing down and being more present and being less shaky or needy like you need to take another hit off that phone. If you already know you've turned it into airplane mode or do not disturb mode, then you know nothing is going to be coming from that phone. So that cognitive load is going to be lower. Imagine it like imagine it like there's a program inside of your brain. If your brain was a computer and you decided to shut down that application fully. And now your mental RAM is freed up to be used on the task at hand instead of the possibility of another task that might come up because that phone's near you. Speaking of being present, this one's the real struggle for me, I think, over everything else. And I want you to think about this statement. People matter more than blank. And that blank is a a literal blank line for the sentence. And I want you to fill that in with whatever it is that you feel like you're reaching for your phone to fill in that blank with the people that you are in proximity with the people that you're home with or the people that you interact with your coworkers, even when you're there, they are more important than blank. So for me, this is why when it comes back to notifications, like we were talking about earlier, 
they ramp up slowly during the beginning of the day. And then as the day is digressing, they go down again to where I am less contactable, which I don't know that that's a word, but it is now because I am with my family and I have made an intentional decision that they are more important than blank, whatever the blank is that could be coming from my phone. Now, I know what you're saying, but what if there's an emergency? Yes, then you make the protocols that would be necessary to necessitate getting the alert of that emergency. Most of the time, we are stuck on the thought that we might possibly have to put out a fire that's never been lit in the first place. So when it comes to this, again, you've got to find that place where the proximity of your phone is put away and you are fully present with people. Or for that matter, here's one of my favorites. If you're out with people at dinner like I was the other night with my family and some extended family from out of town, the best thing you can do is stack those phones. Everybody get your phones out, stack them on the table. No one's allowed now to reach them. I've seen even people where they've done this, where they stack the phones, and then if somebody has to reach for their phone, they end up picking up the bill. And I'm ashamed a little bit to say that my kids did use some people's phones to play while we were waiting for the food, but it was taking a really long time, though that does not justify it. Next up is intervals. So here's the fix for me, because I use social media for my work, and it's kind of a twofold thing. Number one, I will only go on to social media sites to check inboxes and respond at certain intervals throughout the day. There's one that's near the beginning of the day, one or two that's near to mid-morning, another that's maybe late afternoon, and another to close out the day, and that might be pushing it, because sometimes it's not even that much. But the other key piece here is you don't have to do all those social media sites on your phone. You could do them on a tablet if you have one that's dedicated to that, that you're not using as frequently as you use your phone and you can't fit in your pocket. Or more importantly, or probably more effectively, use a desktop or a laptop to do that social media work and do as much of it on that as you can possibly do without using your phone. This is where I am right now. I'm just going to be honest with you. This is where I am. I am working hard to make sure that I use my phone as little as possible for work so that I can ramp down and have way less smartphone caffeine addiction, whatever you want to call it, hits throughout the day as I am trying to wean myself off of using it and only using it when I need to. And speaking of detox, this is one last really big piece, I think, that could be helpful for you, especially when we're heading into the holiday seasons. Thanksgiving and Christmas and the other holidays are oftentimes that we're spending time with family or have tons of activities to do anyway. What I want to encourage you to do is to unplug as much as possible, go completely offline for as long as you can, if possible. And during that extended time, do what I said, delete the apps off, turn your notifications way back down to almost none, don't check the news, don't check social media, or decide that you're going to intentionally check it at a certain interval. And for me, what I did was I also said that first thing in the morning and then sometime late in the evening or early evening, I would check email just to see if there was, you know, not some crazy charge on my credit card from my bank or something, that kind of a thing, so that I knew there was no emergencies and I could stave off that nervous twitch of, I've got to reach for my phone. I know that you can do this because I know that I've made progress here. And I didn't even go into the possibility of adding in 
the wearables like an Apple Watch as a way to get to and send and receive certain information without picking up your phone. That's a whole other episode. In fact, we've touched on it before. Just look up Apple Watch on the beyondthetodolist.com site. So in closing, I would love for you to share with me where you are on this issue by going to the show notes for this episode at beyondthetodolist.com slash 198. While you're there, if you have thoughts on this episode, share them in the comments or click share to share this with somebody that you know needs to hear this episode. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this and it was helpful to you. And I will see you next episode.